Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Today on CityCast Chicago, in addition to buying cough syrup, tissues, COVID tests, Walgreens is banking on you seeing your doctor there in the near future. The Deerfield-based retailer and one of the country's largest drugstore chains is trying to reinvent itself as a full-blown healthcare company. Crane's reporter Catherine Davis has been covering the transformation, and she explains what that looks like. It's Tuesday, January 10th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. Catherine, welcome to CityCast Chicago. Hi, Jacoby. Thanks for having me. No, I'm excited to be here, and I have uh, love following your coverage because I'm going to be real with you. I kind of thought Walgreens was already a healthcare company. I went there to get a COVID booster. I've gone there for everything from rubber tussin to ginger ale. So when we talk about Walgreens trying to transition or reinvent itself, what is their basic vision here? Yeah, well, you know, I totally hear you on how, from a consumer perspective, you might already sort of view Walgreens as a healthcare company, right? I mean, you can get your prescriptions filled there. Like you said, many people have been getting COVID uh, vaccines and their flu shots there for many years. Um, You know, I've even gone to a Walgreens before for a strep throat test and that type of, you know, really sort of basic care. Um, Just because it was convenient, maybe cheaper than going to my primary care doctor, um, and I could get in and out pretty quickly. But what we're really seeing it do now is invest heavily in providing primary care to people, which is a lot different than just, you know, filling a prescription or giving people a strep throat test. I mean, primary care really involves managing chronic conditions from, you know, diabetes to ulcerative colitis um, and many other, you know, diseases that we see people develop, especially as they age. The most ambitious part of Walgreens' plan is to open these primary care offices at about a thousand of its stores by 2027. Oh, in just the next four years. That's a huge jump. Exactly. And right now it only has about 150 to maybe 200 stores open or clinics open at its retail stores. So it has any of those in Illinois or even the Chicagoland area? No, none of them are here yet. They're mostly concentrated in the south and in this like West Coast area. Okay. So thinking of a, you know, just your average customer, maybe walking into one of those already 100 to 200 stores, what does that experience look like? Are they able to, you know, schedule appointments, meet with a doctor at a clinic on site? That's right. Yep. Each clinic has about two MDs, so medical doctors on site. Um, And they're accompanied by maybe like an advanced nurse or a physician's assistant to sort of help do the lower level stuff. Um, And yeah, you know, you can go there for your annual checkup, your annual physical, um, get all your vitals checked, you do blood work, um, you know, and talk to your doctor about any chronic conditions you have. Um, And then I think, you know, part of this plan is to make it pretty convenient where you can just go right next door to the Walgreens pharmacy and maybe Mm -hmm. pick up uh, medication that you were just prescribed 
at the doctor next door. Got it. I mean, when, how did the company start this process? Because again, throughout COVID, we saw them really step into providing vaccines, providing tests, but thinking about this maybe more holistic transformation, when did this process start? Yeah, this probably started in 2019, maybe 2018. It really began when the company invested in Village MD, which is also a Chicago-based company, um, but they are, you know, strictly and traditionally a primary care office. Walgreens was sort of taking it. They took a big stake in that company. Um, They're the majority owner of Village MD. And so, you know, even aside from just the Walgreens stores they operate together, those independent Village MD clinics are contributing to Walgreens' bottom line as well. I mean, I want to take a step back here real quick, Catherine. Just how big of a deal is Walgreens? I mean, it's I live, I think one is on like 55th Street and I'm on 51st. So I know I've never really lived that far from a Walgreens. But just like in the Chicagoland area, do you know how many, um, you know, Walgreens are, are about the, around the city? Mm, you know, I don't know if I could give you an exact number of how many are here What I do know is that 78% of U.S. households live within five miles of a Walgreens store. So, you know, you could sort of imagine the impact Walgreens could have here if they're successful with their primary care plan, right? I mean, they could really become the go-to provider for people if that's the, you know, closest doctor to them. And you also have to think about this could be really impactful in rural areas where traditional healthcare, you know, big medical systems just aren't nearby where people are already maybe driving an hour or so just to get to their nearest hospital or primary care doctor. Yeah. I mean, how big of a departure is this from the traditional retail pharmacy model? Primary care is pretty different than the pharmacy business, even when you just look at it from a personnel standpoint. You know, a pharmacist is a much different type of talent than a medical doctor. Um, You know, they typically uh, require less education. Um, Their salaries aren't quite as high. Um, And, you know, and that's one thing I sort of explored in my reporting is how difficult it's actually going to be for Walgreens to attract doctors to work at its retail clinics, right? I mean, you know, physicians spend a lot of time in school, have a lot of loans. Many of them are, you know, opting to go into higher paying specialties. You know, being a primary care doctor isn't really necessarily the the most attractive outcome for people spending a lot of money and time in medical school. And so, you know, Walgreens is going to have to to deal with that and compete with the advocate auroras and the Northwestern medicines of the world, you know, that have these really prestigious academic medical centers that, you know, could be more attractive to some doctors when they're coming out of school. I think there may also sort of be a hurdle with getting consumers accustomed to coming to a Walgreens location for their annual checkup, right? I mean, like yeah, you I said- don't know, right, I'm going to get a checkup while people out here looking for, <laughs> for pantyhose and eggs and, uh, you know, right. uh, pillow pets. Like it's, that's, it's an interesting environment. Well, I totally hear you, you know, and that was actually one of the concerns that an expert I spoke with um, raised, uh, you know, specifically talking about how to recruit doctors to work at these places. Like, do they want to be providing diabetes care next to the soda aisle and the Mm -hmm. candy aisle, right? You know, there's just sort of this interesting dichotomy going on there that Walgreens will certainly have to reckon with. I imagine some of the big players in the game, whether it's insurance companies or other healthcare providers, you know, aren't going to sit by idly as, uh, you know, as Walgreens 
tries to make a bigger imprint in this market. So what do you think are some other hurdles that they face? They are going to have to negotiate with insurers on a new level, right? I mean, Walgreens is already used to working with health insurance companies um, to get reimbursements for prescriptions and medications and maybe COVID vaccines and that kind of stuff. Um, but as they enter these new states with the, with the doctor's clinics, they're going to have to make sure that they are in network and are the preferred primary care provider for people on big insurance plans like Aetna or Blue Cross Blue Shield, um, United Health Insurance, and some of these others, you know, and and a lot of these insurance companies are already have their preferred primary care doctors and networks. And so it, you know, the challenge for Walgreens will be sort of penetrating that uh, and making sure that when people come to their clinics, they can get their care covered. So I got to ask, you know, why would Walgreens want to get into primary care? Walgreens over the last several years has really been facing pressure, um, you know, macro environment pressure on its traditional business, right? You know, uh, fewer people are going to a Walgreens store to get their personal care items when they could order it online or get it on Amazon. We're seeing Walgreens go into healthcare because they do see an opportunity um, to you know, create a lucrative stake for themselves there. The healthcare industry is growing faster than the economy overall, um, mm -hmm. particularly because we have an aging population uh, that, that is tapping more healthcare resources and you know, is demanding this sort of care and that it be convenient. It's important to know Walgreens saw a loss last quarter, especially with COVID tests, vaccine demand going down. You mentioned having to compete against the, the expanding services of Walmart, CVS and Amazon. You know, how can the company actually make money from this? Yeah. So they say that, you know, part of their plan to profitability really depends on what the industry describes as value based care. The traditional payment model for doctors is a fee-for-service model in which they really are paid based on how many patients they're seeing, how many scans they make, you know, how many procedures they can do. And, you know, that that incentivizes the, the wrong behavior, right? We're trying to keep people healthy, keep them out of the hospital. So what value-based care really looks like is paying and reimbursing doctors and their uh, employers based on the quality of care they are providing rather than how much care they're providing. Walgreens thinks this can help them make money um, because it will lower the cost of care and sort of lower their overhead um, while also treating the same amount of patients. Got it. I mean, if they can convince me that coming in, getting my annual checkup right before grabbing a couple of groceries, um, it is going to save me time and add value to my life. I mean, it, I'm, I may be willing uh, to, to check it out because like, like we said, you know, um, it could be a, a very convenient trip. As I read through your reporting, it's very clear how much Walgreens has invested in this. I mean, between just two companies that they've purchased, they spent $12 billion uh, acquiring those companies over the last few years to try to make this push. Um, I don't know if that's all their eggs in their basket. I'm not pocket watching uh, Walgreens as closely as you are, but <laughs> what happens if this transformation fails? Could this cost Walgreens, you know, much more than, you know, their uh, the money they've invested, but but their future as a as a competitor? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they have put so many eggs in the healthcare basket that if this is not successful to them, 
it could be really serious for the company. You know, like you said, they've invested about $12 billion in acquiring other healthcare companies to help them make this transformation. And they've also taken on a lot of debt to help fund those acquisitions as well. And that's what experts that I talked to said as well. They were like, it is too late for Walgreens to turn back. This transformation has to work. The other thing is I think Walgreens is trying to stay competitive with its peers. You know, we also see Walmart getting into the healthcare space and CVS Health do it as well. And then if you think about companies like Amazon, they just acquired One Medical, which is a primary care provider. You know, it's like, this is sort of Walgreens' next step because everyone else in the industry is, is using this strategy as well. So they don't want to get left behind. So in some ways, they have to make this transformation. What do you think the impact will be on Chicago and the, and the larger Chicago land area if, if Walgreens pulls this off or if they're, they're forced to maybe shutter more stores because the, the investment is not paying off? If Walgreens is successful in its healthcare transformation, that will give this region another large healthcare company to add to the roster, right? And we're talking about being on the ranks with Northwestern Medicine, University of Chicago Medicine, the Advocate Auroras, all these sorts of people. Um, I don't think Walgreens is going to open any hospitals per se, mm -hmm. but like I said, a thousand stores by 2027 and stores within 75% of U.S. households, that gives it a really large footprint and will make it a really big employer. If they aren't successful, we could see damage done to the underlying business, right? That could result in closing their retail stores here and elsewhere, could result in downsizing the pharmacy footprint. We already know that there's many neighborhoods in Chicago and elsewhere that need these pharmacies, that maybe the Walgreens or the CVS is the only place people can pick up prescriptions in their area. So, you know, Walgreens will have to reckon with that as well. Where would it make sense to close stores? Where wouldn't it? Where do people need it? And, you know, sometimes where those stores are needed the most isn't always going to be the most lucrative option for Walgreens. But, mm -hmm. you know, they'll have to deal with that sort of public perception and backlash in those events. Catherine, I really appreciate you coming through CityCast Chicago. Walgreens is obviously one of the... Uh, largest companies in the Chicagoland area and just one of the most noticeable as you said so many of us live close by so uh, its future in many cases is is the future of some of our neighborhoods and, and the access to, to resources and healthcare in some of our neighborhoods so I appreciate you sitting down with us today yeah thanks for having me on Jacoby Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. Nine mayoral candidates. That's how many the Chicago Board of Election Commissioners certified. Now, most of the mayoral hopefuls met in a forum over the weekend to discuss issues impacting disabled Chicagoans, including investment, housing, and mental health services. For a list of upcoming forums, check the list from our friends at Axios Chicago in the show notes. White Sox closer Liam Hendricks began treatment for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma yesterday. He announced his diagnosis over the weekend. Uh, it really hit close to home as a great friend of mine's mom also began treatment yesterday. To all of those listening who are navigating or know somebody navigating cancer, our heart is with you. The Bears officially got the first pick in April's NFL draft. It's the first time the Bears have had the coveted pick since 1947. Who y'all think they should pick or do you think they trade the pick? Let me know at 773-780-0246. Leave your name, your neighborhood, and what you would do with the first pick. 
and some good news to get you through. The ABC7 Gray Chicago Blood Drive, the largest Red Cross blood drive in the country, runs tomorrow and Thursday at seven locations. I'll drop links for all the donation spots and where to make an appointment in the show notes. They'll be accepting donations from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. both days. As always, we appreciate you for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe to our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago, at chicago.citycast.fm. Our newsletter writer, Sydney Madden, has more headlines in there for you, including the city's ongoing digital divide, the hideout reopens under scrutiny, and Mike Madigan's trial date has been set for 2024. I'm going to talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Peace.